This podcast is about care for caregivers and embracing joy as an autism parent. It's part banter and conversation on adult topics, part audio essays and poetry I've written, part expressing things I wish I'd known when Sonny was 5 or 15. He's now 25. Hi and stuff. I'm Nicoletta. Welcome to my memoir and disclaimer. This podcast addresses adult issues and adult topics of over 50 life, sandwich generation, my mama paws journey, mental and behavioral health, the autism spectrum, learning differences, neurodiversity, sex, drugs, rock and roll, belonging, not belonging, misfits, smart asses, and the moms like me who love them. It is not suitable for all listeners. Warning, not safe for work. Please use your discretion. Welcome and stuff to the High and Stuff podcast episode three, Coping with Humor. We'd like to begin with three things we hate to talk about. I'll say my three things, and then Sonny will say his three things. Three things I hate to talk about most probably are diet and dress size, making and losing lists, and procrastination. I'll have one more thing to talk about that I hate next time. How about you, Sonny? Well, that makes it four things, and you know how I hate disorder. Oh, man, that's arithmetic. Okay. Yeah. I'm not good at arithmetic, but I'm pretty sure I can count to four. Ah. So what are the three things that you hate to talk about? One, lists. Two, irony. Three, repetition. Four, lists. Five, repetition. And six, unoriginality. (laughs) High five. Well, I mean, I think that we do use humor to cope, and sometimes that means we cope badly. But just to speak to that from my point of view, I love parent puns, dad jokes, generally grown-worthy wordplay, but I'd still admit that it's a distraction from pressing, urgent, repetitive, perseverative thoughts that would keep me up at night if I weren't so busy trying to think up more puns. So do you think that humor works as a coping mechanism? Oh, absolutely. And how does it work for you? Well, it distracts me from all of the horrible, shitty things that I don't want to think about. Gotcha. It's a distraction. Like a very welcome one. Like the things that weren't on the list of three things. Yes. Gotcha. So what is perseveration or what are intrusive thoughts? Intrusive thoughts are thoughts that invade like a fly that shows up in your house and won't go away no matter how much you hate it. And tell it to fuck off so it's buzzing around you're trying to swat it out you try to be you nice try to concentrate you try to be nice well, take you... it out to dinner <laughs> once you took a web designer out to dinner fun guy right he was a spider oh yeah the sorry wait i told it backwards hold on okay there was a spider on the floor he's a web designer <laughs> so you took a spider out to dinner cool guy web designer yes okay now i got it right um so okay so we just demonstrated our distract our adhd right here live awesome uh however i just wanted to see if you can tell the listeners what perseverative thoughts are it is a little like swatting a fly swatting a fly you know trying to shoo it maybe shoo it out the door out the window it won't go away won't go away kind of drives you nuts it's a constant buzz in the back of your in the back of your mind that says in so many words um 
you cannot get rid of me. I am constantly what is going on in your mind, and you will not be able to get rid of me no matter how hard you try to concentrate on whatever task you are currently trying to concentrate on. So, so is it does it represent anxiety, do you think, or is it just no, re- repetition? It's, it's a rep it's a repetitive distraction. Is it a nuisance? Yes. So and it's detrimental to productivity. So without without getting too personal, um just say an example of what a perseverative thought could be. Is it like mine, like my lists that one thing is missing off the list and then I leave without the list, but then I forget, you know, what I'm doing. Like Step it- 129, roll up list. Step 130, go to bed. Yeah, so the thing is that I think... I need to make a wake-up list at night so that way I can feel productive at night. So it's so interesting. That's the second time you've mentioned productive. I do think that um, we as a society expect productivity from ourselves and each other. And when we're somehow falling short, there's no cure for that. So it could be some of that buzzing is kind of keeping us awake at night. Right. There's this tendency to feel like you're always working and feel as though you are always productive and always focused and always concentrating when in reality land you can't actually be 100% focused 100% of the time so little distractions um are a good thing however when those distractions are constantly distracting you for most of your time then it becomes detrimental to your focus and productivity. Well, so as you know, I started this podcast because I'm over 50 and I've learned some things and you turned 25 this year and you've learned some things and we wanted to share them with people. As far as being productive, I'm a non-traditional graduate student and I do need to write poetry, revise papers, organize essays by deadline, things like that. And I do feel pressure for trying to make lists, losing track of where the lists are, making them again and all that, when really I should be sitting at my desk doing the damn revisions already. Right. So really it's part of some productivity stress and some procrastination. And some of it is also the barrier to entry for some productivity tools. I swear by Obsidian, which is a productivity tool that's used by programmers to... um, to build documentation when you're working on seven projects at once, you need to have the flexibility to write in Markdown and be 100% focused on not changing your productivity suite every six months because your boss wants you to. The, the implications of that is, oh, we got to chase the trends and that means that all of that hard work that you've done documenting your project suddenly is thrown away and you have to redocument everything all over again, which is very time consuming and stupid. So the best thing about something like Git as a protocol and Markdown as a, as a very lightweight syntax to just make, make text appear like rich text but it's really plain text it's a really fast and effective way of writing down stuff and organizing that stuff is what obsidian is used for so i have two questions what exactly 
does Obsidian help you do and what projects are you working on right now? Obsidian stays the fuck out of my way mm. and it lets me type as quickly as possible and integrates with Git. So that way I can work on a project with several hundred other people at once and they can collaborate with me and I initiate a pull request and say, hey, you made a bunch of misspellings in the documentation. Here's the correct version. Or the Italian guy on our team says, hey, here's the proper translation. Don't use Google Translate ever again, you fucking idiots. So here is the pull request saying, hey, here's the spell check. Here's the Italian translation. All done for you. Let's approve this thing and merge. So what, what is the project that you're working on right now? One of them is ChatDev, which is ChatGPT developing software using only ChatGPT's AI capabilities to write and compose simple software applications. So you So in a simple elevator pitch, it's describe what software you want in plain English and the AI will attempt to write down a quick and dirty version or a bodge as the Brits call it of that software. It will make its own Git repository. It'll document itself. It'll make graphics for you and it will write the code and test the code and deploy the code, which is hilariously amazing and terrifying at the same time because I code everything myself and seeing an AI program do exactly what I do is kind of terrifying because it's making me and my work obsolete. Hmm. But documenting everything is actually kind of fascinating because seeing it fail is all the more entertaining. Well, that's why you need your lists. Correct. That you hate. Yes. And the repetition that you hate. Yes. And the repetition that you hate. Yes. And the repetition that I hate. So, um, it's hilarious to me that, um, uh, people your age generally are kind of rediscovering LPs because when a record skipped, it used to repeat like that. And then we would like go run in the other room and, you know, move the needle and stuff like that. Now we use the expression, move the needle to say we've made progress. We've been productive. So right. it's kind of like come full circle, which is the shape of an LP. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Oh snap. Cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, Listen, going back to the sleeplessness, you have some really great projects going on. And, you know, learning that, uh, unfortunately, your cultural re relevance may be fading because of chat. Your cultural relevance may be fading because of chat GPT and other AIs. You know, it's kind of like a, a really sick reminder of our mortality and the infinite nothingness that awaits us uh, one day. But, Oops. but the thing is that, um, you know, staying awake at night, repeating thoughts is an issue that people with the A's do sometimes suffer more than people without the A's. So, right. Uh, so it's a constant nagging feeling of what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm dread? Yeah. It's existential dread yeah so you know the thing is that obviously we don't want to be kept up at night thinking dreadful thoughts then be up during the day trying to be productive but also thinking dreadful thoughts and having a what general feeling of dread of what is my what are my coworkers going to think of my project right so in order to cope obviously we make silly jokes and 
terrible puns and... The dean is a moron, that kind of shit. Well, actually, that's interesting. When we think of, like, the boss as being the person in charge that you don't really want to uh, upset, but you also want to uh, greatly make fun of. Yeah. Um, That is uh, also not just ironic, but layered, repetitive, sort of uh, infinite nothing you can do about it kind of like you're it's the, very you work for the man kind of thing and yeah and you have I'd rather to... get a uh, instead of being a disruptive force in the tech field i would much rather be a boring accountant because at the very least that is stable the thing is i mean accountants do arithmetic we were talking about arithmetic earlier and accountants also have to pay close attention to rules and laws and the tax code and changes and things like that so i would think that perhaps if you have free time to code in your leisure and you became an accountant and you're helping someone prepare their taxes for themselves or their small business, you'd actually be pretty good at that and pretty, you know, steady in some income so that in your leisure time, like I said, you can do anything you want. So, Correct. Well, you know, what do you, because entrepreneurship is like you go to accounting coursework mm-hmm. that would be the equivalent of the associates that you have, but in, a, in accounting and bookkeeping. So you learn the tax code, which I feel would be easy for you you go through lists of things and see you know you deduct this and you need to pay tax on this if under this condition if your small business is so many employees you have this condition i feel like you'd be good at that and then it's a giant very sobering flow chart then yeah and then but it's rules you know the the rules Rules are the thing that people with the a's no people with the a's but people with the a's memorize shit and want to be rigid with rules you know they want to they find rigid rules like a comfortable blankie so the thing is in an entrepreneurial sense if you were an accountant or a bookkeeper using arithmetic to make your living you would be an entrepreneur so then you could do that and make your own hours except like you know, uh, right before April 15th, people lose their minds because they're about to, you know, miss they the deadline. They do. They put it off until April 14th at midnight. And then you're like Homer Simpson that's like, oh my God, I have to do my taxes. And Marge is like, well, I put it in, uh, in on the top of your to-do pile. And the yeah. to-do pile is like six feet tall and covered in rat right. feces. Right, right, Well, so I mean, you know, this is an interesting and he's like, idea. But that was last year's tax filing. And he, she's like, so you forgot. Oh, my God. Twice. Well, I mean, the good thing is that around May 1st, you'd be able to take a vacation. <laughs> Up top. And go do whatever. Never mind. At 54, my personal apocalypse, a marvelous rebirth of my love handles, chub, midlife pudge, we soft beings, squishy moms, I tell my friend, not knowing if that offends her. Secretly, I think of my husband who says he still gets a thrill as he watches me undress, not mourning death, but instead embracing life. We do not clink cocktail glasses, but enjoy just desserts. What we deserve is a perfect pastry, nonna made, thoroughly relished with a fragrant cup of coffee or tea. Sunny, I apologize. You're my firstborn, 
in my eyes, you're the one who made the word mother materialize. You created of me, your creator, a fully formed mater, also a suboptimal place in a world of doubt that took those of us that are different and cast us out. Alone together, we were weak and strong wherever we didn't belong. Everything we were forced to weather, when I think of it all, I become a tidal wave or hurricane. I get just as angry as you, not quite as angry as when you threatened me and then committed yourself. That's when I started blaming myself for real, convinced you didn't know how to feel, feared I'd lost you forever, couldn't hold it together, but... Something changed and made me wonder. There are others like you. They don't have mothers because they're in the streets. Their mothers agree with a society saying he's different. Turn your back on him. Or the church that said he's gay. Cast him out. Disregarding the dogma that preaches love your neighbor as yourself. But first... A wrinkled skin forms over the pudding cup of my freedom. Responsibilities claw. I wish I could stay. Sandwich generation. No. Pancake stack. Piled. Three. Six. Then nine. Are they all mine? Melted butter oozes and sticky syrup binds. My parents in their eighties look forward to hearing about my weekend a poetry retreat. First, I must pick up dogs, check in with husband, daughter, son. Dogs give me a heroic welcome, splashing me, kiss, tail, paw. Walk them later in the rain, but first, stinky kibble. To them, I've been gone a year. Thanks and stuff to our sponsors. The Hill Studio Record Label, Franny's Photography, and Joy, Just One You, Coaching and Caring for Caregivers. You can show your support by subscribing. And please take a look at my website, nicolettalamarcasacco.com, for my blog and other stuff. Give us a follow at hi.and.stuff.com podcast on Instagram. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye and stuff. Check out Sunny's AI design streetwear at Kobe Kotive on Instagram. That's at K-O-B-Y-K-O-T-I-V on Instagram. Kobe